you want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, ooh. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Hawk eyes, more like hawk ears. Am I right? <laughs> We're on the case. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. Well, hey everyone, I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And we're joined by a very special guest today. Ooh, I should have asked you before we were recording, are you Ariane Young, Vance, Young Vance, or Vance? Wow, okay. Ariane <laughs> Young is my new middle name, and uh-huh. Vance is my last name. All right, wow. well, well, you're a three-name person. That's then. it, I'm a three-name person. That's me. But there's no hyphen, because it's my middle name. Mm-hmm. I gotta nice. be complicated. Yeah, I can't. It's not complicated. I think it's pretty no, sensible. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Thank you. Although all middle names are complicated to me as someone who doesn't have a middle name. That's kind of nice. Did you have a middle name before you changed it? I did, but I always kind of hated it. Uh, yeah, I don't think it marriage is me. a good opportunity. My mom did the same thing. She didn't like hers. And I was like, well, this is a great idea. Also, my old Wait, last so name she name. didn't, your mom didn't like her own middle name. So and when so she, she married gave you my one dad. that you didn't like? Can you believe it? <laughs> you would think that, like, she would, you know. You would think so, yeah. but I guess I was named after one of her best friends from, bef- like, when she was a, you know, mid-20s person, and then mm-hmm. they kind of, they're not so close anymore. Not not because of any bad reasons. They just kind of moved on, and I got, like, a variation of this other person's name as my middle name, and I just don't think it suits me, and so I wasn't too mad about getting rid of it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I could never, I would be, if I got rid of either my middle or my last name, because my middle name is my mom's last name. Yep. So I would be offending one of my parents either yep. way if I got rid of either one. Yep. So I'm not going to change my name ever. Fair enough. Yeah. Keep it. It's reasonable. Yeah. I wouldn't have if it wasn't a good last name. If it was something, I don't know, like long and difficult. If somebody got a long and difficult first name, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have changed it if the last name was hard too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if that if that fan's name sounds familiar, oh yeah, it's because our theme song is uh, was written and recorded by uh, Connor Vance. It's true. It's he true. threatened to call in. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> he's welcome to if he's still awake. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> he's in. I think they're still in England. Oh yeah, it's um, it's very late there. It's very late. It might be like four in the morning or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be good at that because uh, he was in Scotland for several months when we were in college. Oh. That's true. Or, well, he was in college. I was done with college. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, he was in <laughs> Scotland. So I used to be able to do that conversion, time conversion. But it's been several years now. Yeah. And we're both in Los Angeles and everything is, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And everybody in L.A., all we think about is being in L.A. and other people who are here in L.A. I don't really think about other people's time zones. Yeah. <laughs> it's what's not the a matter? concern. It's true. Yeah. So, Ariane, I got to ask you, what is your relationship with Ethan Hawke? Wow. Okay. I knew this question was coming. Fan <laughs> of the pod over here. And I think basically my relationship is just being in high school and watching Ethan Hawke movies in class. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's like a 
It's a pretty classic. It's a classic response, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's got to be really common. The number of movies he's been in that are played when substitutes come in or when you're studying genetics or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to have a good old Gattaca. Yeah. So true. I think it depends on how old you are, I guess. True story. Yeah. Because if, you know. Some of these movies didn't come out until, although I guess we would, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Gattaca came out in 97, so that's yeah. like... That's a long time. A lot of people yeah. having seen that in biology class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was that one in Hamlet, and then obviously Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody watched that at some point. Yeah, iconic. I hadn't watched it until we did this pod, so... Oh. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't watch the Hawk movies in... In high school. In my day, we studied. <laughs> we're like we all were the same lucky, age, basically. If we were lucky, the teacher would show us projector slides. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I had to carry a bag of bricks to school. Was it uphill both ways? It was in uphill both ways. <laughs> in, in the, the snow. snow. <laughs> wow. So you haven't seen any of the before movies before No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this was a surprise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I did not see the first before movie, except the flashbacks that are in this before movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah for the listeners, we're talking about Before Sunset today, the second installment in the Linklater Before trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I just fresh hot take. Out the gate. I loved every Out second of it. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys feel? I liked it. I was surprised that I liked it so much not having seen the first one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, no, it's good. I liked it too. Yeah. I don't know if I liked it as much as the first one. Mm. But I don't know. It's hard to say because it's like the first one you have to kind of. You're like getting to know the full freshness of it, that, and yeah. then this is you're a bit, a little bit like, ah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that was my feeling the whole way through. Yeah. Just ah, jeez. This one's like more uncomfortable. I feel like for oh, most. Oh yeah, of definitely. It. Although I don't know. I mean, I think in the first one, they were. I mean, the first one was so sweet because they're falling in love at first sight, you know. Yeah. But um, they also did have a lot of times where they would kind of start to like brush up against where they had different beliefs Mm. and then and then they'd pull back from it but it was like there was a kind of a significant amount of tension in those moments in the first one yeah and where this one they're just kind of more outright about it i think Mm -hmm. yeah there was one thing i noted actually about the the different beliefs thing because i was thinking about like when they're talking and she's like he asked her if she believes in God, you know, the like astrology scene mm-hmm, where he's mm-hmm. like, God, ghosts, whatever, and names oh, yeah, all yeah, yeah. different things. And she's like, oh no, but astrology. But it, like, as a joke. Yeah, you're a Sag, I'm a Scorpio. I thought yeah. that was so charming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking about that because like in the first movie, she's. She does talk about believing in God. She's like a little more spiritual than he is. Yeah. And he's like more of a skeptic of it. Because like there's that scene where they get the palms read. Mm-hmm. And she's a little bit like, you know, into it. And then he's a little like, uh, that's bullshit or whatever. Yeah. She says, I think in the first one, she says something like God is in the space between people or something. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely more spiritual than 
but then mm-hmm. in this one she's not as much yeah and he's more it seems he seems more spiritual yeah and more like she's like a little bit more cynical about the world and he's a little bit more relaxed mm-hmm. you know which is kind of interesting yeah yeah well let's just talk let's talk about this movie for a while instead of uh the comparison to a movie that Ariane hasn't seen. It's <laughs> <laughs> my own bad. I should have seen it. It's high culture. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm blind. I have to hold my notebook up like this so that I can see it. Also, my handwriting is complete nonsense. Yeah, well, I had the lights out while I was watching, you know, trying to be like a good film right. student and just focus. And so my handwriting also is terrible because mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't see what yeah. I was writing. Um, but yeah, so similarly to Before Sunrise, um, the movie starts with shots of the city that they're in. So in Before Sunrise, it was shots of Vienna um, because they were, you know, just, you know, just the places in Vienna where they were going to be. And then this one, it's shots of different parts of Paris where they were going to end up being. Um, and we, we are meeting uh, Jesse at his at his book signing for on his on his European book tour for his semi-autobiographical quote-unquote book <laughs> yeah, uh, about a French woman he met on a train while he was in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that hard-hitting French journalist is like, hmm? is this you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I've actually, I've been reading Ethan Hawke's novels. Um, um, are we gonna get a reading? Are you gonna read? Some? Oh no, I'm not gonna read. Some, <laughs> but I do think that they're they're relevant here because his books are also I feel pretty semi autobiographical. Um, yeah, I mean, not that I like know exactly what's happened in his life, you know, but I do think that like they kind of feel deeply of him, and there's a lot of crossover in his character, especially from the hottest state, his first book. Um, with uh, the character of Jesse that he plays in the Before series, which he also, he and Julie Delpy co-wrote the the Before series. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I also thought it was interesting. I was reading, there's this article that actually came out this week that I have somewhere. Anyway, but he was um, talking about how when they came up with the idea to do the second movie because they were just going to do the first one and then leave it at that but then when they were he Richard Linklater came to a book signing of Ethan Hawke's in Texas <laughs> so it's all very connected and wow. intertwined with his real life yeah so Richard Linklater was at a book signing of his and they were like oh we could do this do you think he looked at <laughs> Richard Linklater in real life, the way he looked at Julie Delpy in the movie. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Oh my gosh, Rick is here. You're here. Yeah. Oh, I have the quote. Okay, so he says, A little later, Richard turned up to a book signing I was doing in Austin. Of course, Austin. Austin where else? Austin's gotta be. Yep. And had a flash of an idea. What if Jesse had written a book about Celine and she turned up to the signing? There's definitely something autobiographical in that opening exchange at the bookshop about using your own life to create art and what the value of that is. You never really find the answers, but there's a healthy healing process that comes from asking certain questions, and I hope the film asks them of me. So I just felt, one, like, how incredible is that they just, you know, 
transposed their real life you know book signing meeting scenario and turned it into a movie into that um that whole thing that he was saying about like healing through creating art about something just really feels true of his novels his own novels as well wow yeah there's a lot in the first one about like his parents which seems pretty real and uh yeah, and also in the second, I mean, in both, he has, like, a kind of troubled relationship with the woman, which also seemed pretty real. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, Ethan, come on the show. Talk to <laughs> us about your life and your books. <laughs> <laughs> so Ethan Hawke was saying that he had kind of come up with the idea of, for the sequel, in a way. I think him and Rick together. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky links. Yeah. <laughs> Which just makes sense. Like it's almost it's almost the kind of thing that it's like, how did nobody already think of that? It, it's just so natural that 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 would be that that could be a sequel with this guy. Yeah, he's just been thinking about her this whole time, and he's been trying to figure out a way to get back to her. And it just kind of makes sense that that a real life book signing would turn into an idea for a fake like fake life book signing that turned <laughs> into a movie. It's it's very Hollywood. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It also reminded me a lot of Serendipity. Have you ever seen that movie with Kate Beckinsale? Yeah. And um, uh, it's John, John Cusack. Cusack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And that movie, do you, Jonathan, have you seen no, that? No, I have not. Okay. It's, I have no memory of it. Oh other my than... gosh. I watched it about 50 million times <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. I had it on VHS, probably wore out the tape. It was mm. so good. Um, it's Kate Beckinsale and John Cusack, and they meet in New York one night. They have, like, an overnight, like, very, you know, a before sunrise kind of thing where they meet, and they're just together all night, and it's really romantic. Uh, oh, because they, they both pick up the same pair of gloves at Bloomingdale's that they're going to buy as a, a Christmas gift for someone. So then they, they like, split them, and they each have one. <sighs> God, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and then they get the frozen hot chocolate at Serendipity 2, yes. which is where the name of the movie comes from. I've been there. I haven't been. I gotta go. Oh. It's good. It's really good. My mm-hmm. uncle lives in New York, and he. I visited him with my brother when I was like 12, and he mm-hmm. took us there. It was worth the wait. Nice. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the bucket list <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, then, so at the end of the night, they also decide not to exchange information like Jesse and Celine, but what they do is he writes his, or she, she writes his name on the inside of a book and then they, they leave it at like a used bookstore or something. And then she writes her name and number on a dollar bill and they just like spend it. So it goes into circulation and then it takes so many years and at this conveniently the same time. They happen to, like, find the book and the dollar, and they're, like, or one of them, I don't know, at least one of them finds the thing, and then, um, and then right as, like, one of them's about to get married, they find each other and stop the wedding from happening. Now I feel like I have Dang. seen this, unless it's unless just I've you just described it. Unless I've just told it to you it. in yeah. vivid detail before. Familiar. Yeah, and then she has, in uh, her, her boyfriend, her, like, actual boyfriend is played by John Corbett, who's one of my favorite actors, and he plays like this like weird like yanni type of musician <laughs> with like a 
he like plays a clarinet or something and no. he has like long fabio hair and it's it's really funny wow and i have to revisit this yeah it's good we should have like a viewing i would i would show up yeah great anyway so that's been my serendipity corner wow <laughs> i'm crying <laughs> It just feels like such a tremendous waste of time living your life that way. I know. You know, just being like, oh, we had this wonderful night. What if it fizzles out slowly? We better not exchange numbers. And then have, then to think about them for like 10 years. And be yeah. like, oh, we could have done so many things in 10 years. Well, the answer to what if we got together is in Before Midnight, <laughs> which is the third movie. And it is not as fun. Oh, no. <laughs> Is either the first two? Although, I don't know. I mean, I think I was... So I've talked about this on the show before when we originally watched the Before Trilogy. We watched them pretty close together, mm. and it was kind of too much for me. Yeah. And I kind of... I hated them by the end. I thought yeah. they were so annoying, and I hated it. But this time around, I mean, we have had several months between watching Before Sunrise and Before Sunset, but I like them... I Like, I love them. I love these people, these dumb people. They're pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because we had time to at least watch Ethan Hawke grow a little older. That's true. Mm. We, Between. Yeah. Also, I'm so much more invested in Ethan Hawke than I was the first time. <laughs> and I don't know. I think also, like, I'm older than I was the first time I watched these movies, whereas... Yeah. Like, we were 19, maybe, when we watched them the first time, and... Oh, wow, yeah, I could see that feeling so different. Yeah, and I was just like, these old people are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these old people. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, I can see where they're coming from on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so much easier to understand and relate to them now than I think it was six or seven years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. What's the gen? <laughs> uh, I was oh, no. thinking like, what's the Gen X version of OK Boomer? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask the 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 the, the Gen, gen Zers, Zers to think of it. Yeah, the alphas. We're, we're too old for that. Yeah, to come up with good sister. with good tweets. How old's your sister? She's almost 18 oh wow yeah she was born in 2002 damn she's deep in that in that gen z yeah life yeah it's wild does she have a tiktok i don't know i try not (laughs) to ask her questions like that because it makes me seem so much older (laughs) you know i like secretly spent some time looking up what a visco girl is <laughs> oh this happened to me recently exactly it hasn't because i was seeing it in memes and i was like i gotta understand these memes yeah. yeah but i'm too old so i try not to ask her questions that age me no yeah i was i was reading a vox article yes. about visco girls and i was like oh this is how i know i'm a millennial yeah like reading vox articles about yeah. gen z stuff yeah peak millennial yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just, it, it really hit, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. For, do you think, like, a, the Gen X version of OK Boomer is just like, fuck you, dad? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, all I can think is Gen X more like when X. But that does nothing. And means nothing. 
Yeah. It gave me a little giggle, though. So that's yeah. worth something. Thank you <laughs> for validating me. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that they used flashbacks in this movie. It was just in one scene, but it was yeah. kind of... Like, I didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah. Because I feel like these movies are supposed to be so grounded in, like... The right now. Yeah, exactly. The of, specific yeah. moment. But it was helpful to you. It was. You it was very yeah, helpful to me. That so... was basically, I mean, a whole recap of the first movie. Because, yeah. like, I think when we... I think I'm feeling the same thing right now as when we recorded the episode about Before Sunrise. That there's, like, not a lot of plot to hold on to. No. Mm-mm. So there's not a lot to, yeah. like really talk about it's just that they talk for two hours yeah Yeah. or for this one it was less than an hour and a half less than an hour and a half yeah this is a pretty quick movie the first one i think was slightly longer yeah for sure yeah like i kind of liked not having seen the first one because i think there's an element in this one where you're not sure which one is telling the truth Mm, you know mm -hmm. like he's saying oh well we had sex i remember the brand of condom and she's like no we didn't or you know you're not quite sure whose memory is correct and having not seen the first one I didn't know whose memory was correct. And so watching them sort of explore that and eventually both admit that they did remember and watching that sort right. of come out was actually very effective for me. Like, it worked really well, even mm-hmm. though I hadn't seen it. Maybe it worked better having not seen it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, some of those things, like whether or not they had sex, like you don't actually, you don't know, really. Yeah, because in the first one, yeah, it was kind of like a fade to black thing. Yeah. And we, mm, yeah. I think we argued about this on the first one. Like, I yeah, was I so sure disagreed. that they had had sex. And I think I said they didn't. Yeah. And clearly I was wrong. Yeah. She I felt really validated. I, yeah. I wrote down in my notes. Um, uh, confirmation that they fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, or is it? <laughs> Uh, and then I said, he says yes, she says no. And then I put, they did. They did. So yes. Confirmed. Confirmed. Twice. twice. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that felt really good for me. Yeah. <laughs> it always feels good to be right. It yeah. really does. It really does. Um, but, yeah, we also learn what happened when, because they had, at the end of the first movie, they made plans <sighs> to meet six months later yeah. at the train station in Vienna. <sighs> and you just don't know. We didn't know, but now we know that he showed up and that she didn't because her grandma's funeral was that same day. It was such a bummer. <sighs> yeah, yeah. At first, he says that yeah. she asked him, oh, did you show up? And he, he turns it around. He says, well, did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she says... No, and then he says, "Oh, well, me neither." Yeah, but he kind of yeah. made a face, like yeah, he yeah, knew, yeah. he yeah. knew already. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's like, "Oh, thank God!" And he's just like, "Yeah, thank God." But then finally, like a minute later, yeah. <laughs> he admits that he did show up, and she's like, "Oh no!" Yeah, and then like not only that, but then we find out that she was at NYU from 1996 to 1999, and he was living at and he was living in New York in the late 90s as well. That ruined me. Yeah, the part where they're talking about him going to his own wedding, and he thought he saw her, and then she's like, "I lived right there." Yeah, he did see her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. That's what phones are for. Yeah. See? Dummies. Big dummies. They're just giving each other their phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also... Um, These days, they would just give each other their handles. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Your young people jokes are exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) I rely on that joke format a lot, and Harper does not think it's funny. (laughs) It would be funnier if you could, like, surprise me with it sometime, you know? If I could what? If you could, like, surprise me with it. Like, if I don't see it coming and somehow you pulled it out, like, that, then it would be funny. Oh, that hurts. Wow. (laughs) Anytime you start a criticism of a joke with it would be funnier if... (laughs) You might as well just say, like, it's not funny. That would feel better. That's like they're ripping the Band-Aid off, you know? Wow. I guess this is what happens. This is the, this is the ending. Once you get together, you start, <laughs> you start talking shit about each other's jokes. <laughs> it would be funnier if... <laughs> you would oh do the God. dish. Exactly, and that's just the reality of... And that's, like, the bravery and the reality of trying it out and, like, committing and being in that relationship, even if maybe it falls apart at some point, but, like... There's, you know, there's some some good to it. Can you imagine if Jesse and Celine had a podcast? <sighs> I don't think I would listen. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah, that would be too much, I think, for yeah. most people. Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, um what you were saying about his his going to his wedding. So he um this character is clearly having a hard time in his marriage. To his wife, very yeah. clearly shares a, a young child, and um, this movie—he f- was filming this at the same time he was going through his divorce with Uma Thurman. Oh, yeah. Oof. So, and he was also in the same—the same article that I quoted earlier. He was talking about like what a healing process this was for him to like reconnect with Richard Linklater and Julie Delpy and just like go back to that place where everything was Damn. like fine, and they were making a movie together. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's rough. Yeah. This is real. It's, yeah, like, uh, so much about this movie was really real, because, uh, like, Julie Delpy really w- did go to NYU during those years, uh-huh. and Ethan Hawke really was living in New York during those years. Like, so a lot of this was Whoa. just pulled from their own life, you know? That's crazy. Yeah. That's That must be so weird to, like, like, I don't want to, like, speculate, obviously, but that must be so weird to, like, try to... It's like you're faking a romantic relationship with someone, but you're basing it all on your own experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of trippy. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. I also feel like that's kind of how art is a lot of times. Like, songwriting, yeah. mm-hmm. the number of songs that people have written about awful past experiences. Yeah. And then maybe that's your big hit, and you just have to keep performing yeah. that song forever. Right, right. It's, you know, it's yeah. good to get inspiration from your life, but yeah, I can imagine it being both healing and also pretty rough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Celine shows up at Jesse's book signing, and they're just walking around Paris. That's yeah. that's really it. They're just walking around Paris. You gotta love it. <laughs> you love to see it, as I say, <laughs> too much. Um. Yeah, they pass. They pass some landmarks. They pass the Notre Dame. They sure do. Spend quite a while talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, felt, you know, like there she is. There she is. There she is. Um, yeah, I remember when it like burned down earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like a lot of people were posting that scene from Before Sunset. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, because she straight up says, like, there will come a day when this church yeah. will be gone and there will be something else in its place. There was something here before and there'll be something else at another point. Yeah. Yeah, it was very relevant. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I am notorious for taking too many notes, <laughs> but I only took... I only took two pages of notes, and I wow. feel like I didn't get anything. Slacking. I took a well, half was... page of moleskin notes with my big-ass handwriting, so... Yeah. I was so invested in this movie, though. I could not I could not stop watching them, like, long enough to take notes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just love them so much. <laughs> I was so... And I was so surprised. I can't get over it. I just... Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, do I like it more than the first one? Mm. I might. Wow. <sighs> yeah. I'm still thinking about it, but, um, yeah, it's really good. It was. I really liked it. Yeah. My notes are pretty short, too. One yeah, of them your just notebook's goes, even smaller. He's so <laughs> horny. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there is a lot yeah, of sexual was, tension. Yeah, yeah. A lot. They were, like, very openly mm-hmm. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that, yeah, after they were talking about, like, do you believe in God or astrology or whatever, um, she asks, like, what would you be doing right now if if we were gonna die tonight? Yeah. And then he like, he he drags her hand. She drags he drags her by her hand and like sits down on a bench and like sits her down on his lap. And it was like you haven't seen this woman in nine years, and <laughs> yeah. you're like going for it. And yeah. he's very clearly wearing a wedding ring this whole time. Oh too. yeah, yeah. That was the interesting thing is that this whole time, like, pretty much, right up until that moment, like a few moments after that she had been sort of sitting with the knowledge that he was married. Mm-hmm. She already knew. Yeah, but we didn't really know, though, because yeah, yeah. most of the shots were sort of from the shoulder up. Like, I didn't pick up that he was wearing a ring until I didn't either. part of the way through, right? like probably right before that scene. Mm-hmm. So she knew, but we didn't necessarily know. Yeah, well, she said it's because she, she had, like, read, like, an interview with him or something, mm-hmm. and, he, and he had, or something in the, some, some press for the book, that had said that he was married. And so she brought it up mm-hmm. to him, like pretty much moments after that. Yeah. And it was kind of like a kind of grounding moment for them that they were both like, you know, we're adults now and we have our own lives. And they sort of got to talking about that. So, yeah. yeah. And he, he says that, yes, he's married and he has a young kid, young kiddo. I'd be so mad. Like, her reaction, I thought, was so justified when he pulls her into his lap. Like, he, he hasn't seen her in almost 10 years. He pulls her into his lap. He's clearly married. And she's, like, sets a boundary immediately. She just jumps up and she's like, no, that's that's mm-hmm. too much. Like, I'd be so mad if mm-hmm. this guy from my past reappeared, was married, and I thought he was happily married. And then he starts trying to, like, hit mm-hmm. on me and cuddle with me. I would be justifiably very angry. I would have reacted the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. That really made sense to me. But she's also not married, but not single either. Right, exactly. She's standing she's a war a, photographer. Yes. I guess a semi-long distance in the way that any mm-hmm. war photographer would be away for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, also this is a, a post-9-11 before movie, which the first one was from 95, so this makes it a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've talked a lot a bit in the last few episodes, I think, about how uh, that's that's affected like the, the content. 
Um, you know, because Training Day was going to come out, and then uh, 9-11 happened, so they pushed it. Yeah, so, that one makes sense. That does make sense. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, like, you know, it's, like, international, so it's just the thought, like, he has to be at the airport within a certain amount of time. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, she's dating a war photographer, and he, like, offhandedly says something like, it's pretty dangerous to do that kind of thing right now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or there's, like, a lot of work or something like that. Um, you know, so it is it is a little that is a little bit in the context of the movie. Yeah, this movie's definitely, like, more political. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely. In the way that the first one wasn't, because they don't really touch on that at all. But now she works for, like, an environmental organization. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, her boyfriend's a war photographer, so there's kind of... Yeah, and he keeps calling her a communist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is funny, because her cat is named Che. Yeah. 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 And she says it's not after Che Guevara. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, you know, but several times throughout, she says something, and then he calls her a commie or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in, early on when they f- get to the cafe, she makes a joke about some. She says something about like imperial powers, and then he says, mm-hmm. Is, "Are there any imperial powers in particular that you're thinking of?" Oh yeah. So it gets like they're kind of like different cultures get the conversations around that get more political. Where before it was sort of just just more cultural mm-hmm. in the way that like oh, you're an American, you're going to behave this way. But this was a little bit more coded in, like, the politics of, you know, this period of time, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, and then they go on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. They go on a little tourist boat, and she says, I can't do that, it's for tourists. And then he insists that they do it, and and she has a good time. I related to that. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. Having lived in... Oakland, like in the Bay Area, and then in LA, mm-hmm. places that friends and family from out of town like to visit. And when they visit, they like to do touristy things. And mm-hmm. being a local, you're like, would never go to Alcatraz. Are you kidding? <laughs> and then you go, and it's so cool. It's such yeah, an interesting yeah. landmark. No, you. I. It's like people are like, oh, I don't want to do the tourist things. It's like, you know, that that's what they're there for. That's yeah. you're there to do them. It's like. It's like what do the oh what do the locals do? The locals go to CVS, like you know what I mean. They go to CVS and then they go to Starbucks and then they go to work. Like that's what locals do. Uh-huh. So this whole idea of like oh I want to just do what the locals do. It's like it's not. It's you know you got. I feel like you have to. I, I get not wanting to just do the tourist landmarks. Obviously that makes sense to me, but like you got to hit the big ones because then it's like you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, it can be pretty fun to be a tourist in your own city. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about how when he's like, after they leave the bookstore, this is like not very substantive comment, but uh, when they leave the bookstore, he's like, oh, you want to go to like cafe or something? And she's like, yeah, sure. And the one they go to, I feel like was kind of far. Like they had been That's walking for I a thought. while. That's what I thought. She said it was just down the street. She's like, I yeah. know one, just, just down the street. And they make like, they go past the park and then they make a turn and then they turn into another alley. It seemed like they went in a really big circle. Yeah, it did. Probably. They probably did. Because I think they made like three right turns. So it was like, Mm -hmm. if you you track, she like leads him to the right several times. And so I was just thinking like, are they just back where they started basically? Wow. (laughs) That it was like right next to the (laughs) Shakespeare. Yeah, it was really right down the street. (laughs) But in order to fill enough time for them to talk about stuff, uh, you know. And then they're they smoking in the cafe. 
Mm-hmm. Shocking. Shocking. France. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like those scenes watching them walk through the city because it felt very maze-like. It probably also ages me, but it felt like in computer class <laughs> you would go in the screensaver was that maze. Oh, yeah. And you would just like look like you were going through that big green uh, shrub maze. I don't know. That's what it reminded me of. It just <laughs> felt like very <laughs> confusing and almost dizzying, but also sort of metaphorical. These people trying to work their way through this journey together mm-hmm. and it, but also you get to see the scenery so it was really it was very interesting I don't think I've ever seen a movie that's sort of filmed that way you see that much of just their faces directly as they're moving through mm-hmm. an environment so I, I don't know I thought that was pretty cool yeah 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 um back to the boat I think when they're on the boat they're talking about well uh, Ethan Hawke Jesse brings up like how different they're like he's like why why weren't you there like you know he knows the answers because it was her grandmother's funeral but just you know he's just like pondering like why weren't you there because i think our lives could have been so like so different yeah you know if you had just shown up and if we could have been together and if i wasn't like trapped in this marriage you know that i hate and if you know if 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 like so many hypotheticals and she's like you can't think that way but he just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And she brings up the point that, like, maybe their relationship is only meant to exist for, you know, 24 hours at a time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know, could be. You know, we don't, we don't know that they would have been happily together if they had stayed in touch. Yeah. That's true. But at the same time, it's such a bummer to spend all that time thinking about somebody else. Yeah. 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 Because like, he clearly never got over it. No, and I yeah. stopped thinking about her. I think she really did either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really doesn't seem like either one of them fully got over it. And you almost wonder, like, did that emotionally stunt them? You know, mm-hmm. like, if, if she had been able to go to Vienna and they had just, you know, spent 10 days together and then been like, eh, actually, we right. fight too much and then move on mm-hmm. maybe they would have had a healthier emotional life after that or yeah. maybe not maybe they still would have been the people that they are yeah yeah um yeah and then so all of this like brings up a lot of emotions for her that she had clearly been suppressing, suppressing yeah. for a while because so they get picked up by a car because he really does need to get to the airport by <laughs> yeah. seven thirty or so. You yeah, know? and they like he. They I think keep he's supposed to be there the by time. like seven or something. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think he, he said he needs to his... leave by seven fifteen. Yeah. Well, I because th- I, well, I, f- I might be wrong about this, but I feel like in the beginning, his um, hand publisher handler whatever yeah. this guy is was like, oh, you need to be back here, or you uh, you uh, you need to be like ready to go at seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'll see you at 7.10. <laughs> like, I, I, might, I might be wrong about that, but I feel like he was kind of trying to negotiate the time a little bit. Yeah. Well, he was definitely trying to negotiate the time the whole movie. Yeah, like, yeah. That was kind of his main yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they do get picked up by this car so that he can go to the airport. Um, but then he's like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, we'll give you a ride to your place. 
And so while they're on in the car on the way to her place, like she gets so worked up on this on this whole rant about how, you know, she had she wasn't so romantic anymore. She'd given up on all of that, but now that he's back, like he just brought it all back yeah. to her. And and then she she talks about all of these boyfriends that she's had and they all like oh. they they all break up with her and then go get married and they all tell her oh thanks for teaching me how to respect a woman and be in a relationship yeah. and she's like why couldn't any of them ask have asked me to marry them like i would have said no but they could have asked yeah and uh i love that so much yeah it felt like the things that people think but don't feel like they can say out loud yeah and that's you know? kind of what's magical i mean and awful about jesse and celine <laughs> is that they you know in both the first and the second movies, they're on, like, a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so, or, well, in this one, they think they are. And so they feel very free to just say whatever they want to say. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is cool. I like these movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then she, like, she wants to get out of the car. She wants to get away from him because yeah. she's, like, so upset by what he's done to her by making her feel things. Um, and then, oh man, the most heartbreaking thing I think in this whole movie is they're in the car and he starts to almost reach out and touch her hair Ugh. and he pulls his hand back, but she doesn't see that he's done it. Like she was looking the other way, but then she does the same thing while he's looking away and they're both like totally in the same place. They're like oh, just about to reach out and then they don't. Yeah. Which is like calls back to the first movie yes where they're the sitting first, on the on the little train, trolley little trolley yeah. train yeah and he she's talking and he sort of reaches out to her mm -hmm. but it feels even though it's like this exact same gesture it feels totally different yeah it feels like it's rooted in something different like it feels very potent this time yeah mm -hmm. the first time it feels like this kind of romantic like almost like schoolyard crush type of thing where they're too shy to do it Mm -hmm. And this one feels like it's, they don't want to because, like, so much has changed and, like, so much has, and they don't know if it's, you know, like, it's, it, it is interesting that it's the exact same gesture from the first movie, but it means something totally different this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then they finally arrive at her apartment and they hug for a while. It's <laughs> a long hug. And then he's like, I'm just going to walk you to your door. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. Okay. All okay. right, yeah. sir. Also, that apartment complex. Oh, my God. I love it. Can I just... I just want to be a brick in the wall. <laughs> I don't even need to live in the house. I'll just be part of the wall. And there's all, like, her cute neighbors, and they're having yeah. a little party, and mm -hmm. her cat is so cute. Mm -hmm. Just seems like, despite her relationship problems, she's got some really good things going like she's built some kind of a really good community and life for herself mm -hmm. totally yeah. yeah um yeah also there was like some like unsubtitled parts that were in french um uh i didn't catch all of it but i did catch um the like the the landlady called him Mignon and like asked like is he with you and then uh, she was like no <laughs> um, yeah Mignon means cute in oh. French Aww, that's yeah. cute yep I didn't know that the more you know 
Filet mignon. Filet mignon. Cute steak. <laughs> yep, cute meat. <laughs> um, oh, right. And the reason he wants to go up is because she had said earlier that she writes songs. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. And, uh, and he asked her to sing it for her when they were out and about. And she was like, no, I can't do that without a guitar. Um, a guitar, as she says. I love it. I love her <laughs> accent. It's great. Um, but then he's like, well, just play me one song now that we're here, the guitar. And it's like, so much sexual tension in this entire (laughs) scene. Like, yeah. 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 I feel like the, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it's almost like she's leading him to play this one particular song. Yeah. Right. Because she says, well, I only have three songs in English. But she could have played him a French song. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She could have played him any of her French songs, but instead she says, I've only got three songs in English. One's about my cat. And then one's about an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And the other is... A waltz. And a waltz. But the way she says it is very coy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. pick this one. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's nice. I'm going to... I'm gonna. I'll plug the, the waltz in, part of the waltz in here. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was sweet. I liked it, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. As a resident music person. I liked it better than the intro song. Oh, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of the intro song. Mm, hot interesting. Take. Right. That is a hot take. Right. <laughs> I won't take us too far off topic, but. No, that's okay. Go for it. I just feel like it was so on the nose. It was so like, we were together, then we were apart, then we were sad for a long time. And then it's just like shots of Paris. And I was like, is this what this whole movie is going to be? Because if it's this twee, I'm out. And I was glad that I that yeah. it was not that way. Was, yeah, it was definitely not. Yeah, I definitely preferred her voice singing live than the recorded version. The recorded version mm-hmm. felt like weirdly compressed. Mm-hmm. It Like they were trying to smooth out any of the interesting parts of her voice. And I liked her sort of just singing um, without production better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you. We appreciate your music uh, knowledge <laughs> and opinions. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, Nina Simone. He he picks up a Nina Simone CD and puts it puts it in the CD player. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he sit, Yeah, and he sits down on the couch. He's like real deep in this couch he is <laughs> the only way to explain <laughs> legs spread very wide yeah jacket off yeah, arms jack- yeah open wearing his um his like cowboy style western dress shirt yeah, yeah you yeah. know so ethan hawk i mean this was uh you know i think tape we also saw his um his considerable man his spread boxers no, well, his boxers also, <laughs> but he his he had a a scene and tape where he was very manspready. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So, 
But yeah, he's real relaxed in this couch, and he's just watching Julie Delpy like walk around the kitchen, make some tea for the two of them, and then um, she starts doing this Nina Simone impression and talking about this time that she saw her in concert and how great it was, and she does, and her impression is very funny. It's really good. Um, yeah, and then the iconic, the iconic, iconic, iconic line from this movie. In her Nina Simone impression, she says. Baby, you are going to miss that plane. And then he says, I know. And then it just ends, right? Yeah, I think so. Crazy. Surprised. Yeah. That you didn't get to see them have sex. That that's just how it ended. Because he says, I know. And then it goes back to her. And she just does kind of like this awkward little dance. But it's really cute and charming. Right, yeah. yeah. And then it just fades out. Yeah hate those kinds of endings but i still loved it anyway <laughs> yeah it was really good uh, gave me a lot of feelings yeah me as well me as well yeah yeah i don't know yeah i'm still i'm still pondering whether or not i like this one more than the second one i think that probably not just because i don't think this one i think for me i would definitely recommend that you watch the first one i'm gonna go back and watch it i just yeah. have to be in the right the right place yeah, 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 space. Yeah. you know how i feel about these movies that give me feelings <laughs> especially when i watch them alone i just end up crying for a long time mm-hmm. so i just try to avoid it and watch scary movies instead mm-hmm. but for you thank you and for ethan hawk I will watch I will watch the first one. Yeah, we and Ethan Hawk, thank you for your service. <laughs> you are welcome. Um Yeah, I don't know. Do you I there were so many did anyone have the most Ethan Hawk line? Uh no. I didn't take one down. The only quote no, I took down yeah. was the uh you're gonna miss that plane. That was not his Let's quote. See if I could pull up some some before sunset quotes real quick. Yeah. No, my notes are very. I know. Yeah, slim. it was. It was so hard to. It's take a hard one notes. to do. It's a hard yeah. one. Well, to do. also, it's yeah. It's a hard one to take notes on because there's no plot per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there is. There's Jesse arrives in Paris for a book signing. Celine shows up at the book signing. They get together and he doesn't go home. Yeah. So there is a plot. I thought it was interesting how, because obviously, you know, it was their choice to make it that he had a flight to catch the same day. Because mm-hmm. in the first one, they have like all day, all night, and mm-hmm. then and in the morning, and then a little bit of the morning. But in this one, they they only had he basically had just like it was like a couple hours or something like that, basically. Or less than that. He had yeah. a very limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was an inter- interesting choice that they would... And the, and it, it sticks to it. Like, this movie is substantially shorter. Yeah. For it, so... Yeah, I think... I mean, I think that... Um, they wouldn't come back and do another movie unless they were going to do something different with it. You know what I mean? So, like, there's right. the first movie is what it is. And this one... They're even more limited by time, and also, you know, they're older, of course. Yeah. And then the third one, they're, spoiler alert, uh, married with children. Wow. And uh, in Greece, which feels different than Vienna or Paris. <laughs> and um, and just on 
the based on the fact that they've been together it's it's a totally different you know game between the two of them yeah like uh you know a married couple that's been together for a while talking is different than you know these two people who just met or who are just re-meeting for the first time in 10 years so you know and then um ethan hawk also said like you know they've kicked around the idea of doing a fourth one but he thinks that it would have to play with mortality oh. if they were going to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I feel like know. they don't need to. I don't think they need to. Yeah, I think three is three is just such a great it number is. for yeah, it's a magic so many number. things. So, yeah, and this one was definitely more dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like there was more sort of tension between them this time. Like, not just like sexual tension. There was obviously that, but like tension, like. There was like pent up sort of frustration. Oh yeah. At the other person. Yeah, like some of their jokes were kind of mean or not yeah, mean, yeah, but yeah. like off kind of base. Cutting, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. they were trying to do to say something funny, and the other one would respond either with kind of hurt or like didn't realize that it was a joke, and then the first one would be like, "Oh no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding." Yeah. And it happened so many times with one or the other of them saying something, and then immediately and very awkwardly saying oh i'm kidding i'm just joking you're right it did feel really tense mm-hmm. like they were trying to feel out where the other person's boundary is what's your sense of humor i don't know maybe it's changed yeah. in 10 years maybe this isn't funny to you mm-hmm. it's wild yeah because yeah, like the first movie is kind of like based around them just sort of talking about like you know just the kind of stuff you talk about getting to know each other um but this one was much more rooted and you know part of it is because they're older and part of it is because they had already known each other it's more rooted in like their exact realities in the sense of like talking about like what they do and like Mm -hmm. and then also a lot of the conversation goes to you know the the conflict of of you know why weren't you there and like this and that and like her being angry at him in the van for you know that argument that they have and there's only a little bit of it like in the cafe and a little bit after that where they're talking about like the kind of big ideas spiritual subjects and the more abstract subjects and things like that but it does feel more rooted in their conversation it feels more rooted in their material realities Mm -hmm. yeah i think that like in the first one i think like possibility is like a big you know theme because they're uh just out of college and they're you know in a foreign country to both of them and they're you know meeting new people you know they're new to each other and i feel like possibility is a big thing whereas like you know when you're older there's like less of the year you know they're both pretty rooted in their lives like Mm -hmm. he's married she has a, a job and a place and you know and there's less of that like you know open possibility because they're they're settled more mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and even if they're gonna get together like you already know that they have all these histories it's all this baggage now with them yeah that that and all this missed time that they could have had mm-hmm. so it's it's even if it's like a happy ending it's still still sad in the sense that they missed that chance mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, as for most Ethan Hawke line, I found one. 
He says, we all see the world through our own tiny keyhole. I feel like that's a pretty solid Ethan Hawke line. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, but also, he says at one point, uh, uh, you think you're the one dying inside? My life is 24-7 bad. <laughs> and just the way that he said that, like, I like I just did the hand movement because I could, like, I could feel his, like, that sentence coming out of his body oh. like it's just so of him even though you know it's not like deep or you know artsy or whatever yeah. but it just it feels like ethan hawk yeah it, it did it <laughs> felt very authentic yeah 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 which you know we all know what was going on <sighs> so that could have been coming from a real place yeah also um interesting that this uh like you know he he was talking about he got you know his girlfriend pregnant and that's why they got married in ash wednesday which is his second novel that i'm halfway through right now he gets his girlfriend pregnant and uh they're and proposes to her so they're engaged and they're going on a road trip to see his mother and then to see her father and it's like heavy shit dude yeah and it felt like a lot of the sentiments were connected. Like in in Ash Wednesday, you know, he, it's it's pretty fresh. So he's like he, he and he's like fighting for their relationship because she wants to leave him, or she tries to leave him, and then he shows up at the bus station when she's trying to leave him, and then he proposes to her, and it's a whole thing, and they have sex in the car, and it's very Ethan Hawke, <laughs> and he got her a really ugly ring. Oh no! Yeah. And it doesn't fit her, and she's really upset about it, but she That's can't talk luck. about it because he's so sensitive. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that book's a lot. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, but he's you know, it feels like this is the after of the of the couple in in mm. Ash Wednesday. You know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a bummer. Cause, and I I liked though that he. He talks about how miserable he is, but he never shits on her. Yeah. He's just like, we were trying to do the right thing. You know, I was I was trying to, like, be a good person. I was trying to be responsible, and I wanted this baby, and, like, I wanted to make this relationship work. I, You know, she's pretty. She's smart. Like, she seemed like the best I could have. And he never says, well, she's a monster, or, like, she's making me miserable. He's right, like, well, right. we're, we try. We go to therapy, yeah. like... We try everything and mm -hmm. we just are miserable. I really, I, I liked the way that that was approached, that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't demonizing this woman who isn't there. You know, she wasn't just like his evil shrew wife. She was right, like right. A, a real person. And you felt, to me, I felt that tension with him, like him wanting to be with this woman that he'd missed for so long, but also not necessarily wanting to disrespect his wife, but also being miserable and being in a foreign country and, like, nobody would ever find out if they didn't need to find out. And mm -hmm. it, was, it was very interesting to watch him sort of, like, reason through that as an actor. And mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. For sure, yeah. One other thing I had from that article, uh, so they actually interviewed both Ethan Hawke and Julie Delby for this article separately, but uh, it was both in, they were both in there. Um, she says that it was her idea for Before Sunset to film it in real time. So they actually oh. shot it, like, in real time. 
they did it. That's crazy. So instead of like spreading it out over, I think I it sounds like they just did it in a day. Whoa. I don't know if that's possible or true, but she said in real time. Which I, you know, I think in the first one they had done it over like several nights. Many, right. you know, probably 20 nights. Well, that would explain why it's shorter. Part of part. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, that's crazy to remember all that dialogue. Oh, yeah. Because it's just packed. They're yeah. basically never quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It says the movie was filmed in 15 days. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> huh. But there are some really long tapes, takes. It says mm-hmm. that the longest take was 11 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of, still that's a lot of yeah. monologuing to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. You know, or even dialoguing, but still, yeah. it's a lot. I think maybe by real time, it means that the moment like, because in Before Sunrise. Oh, they, like, cut. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, they time. were in one part of there's, Vienna, then yeah. another. But you in don't this see one... Them. You don't see them throughout the entire night, for example. Yeah, that's true. Like, in this, I think the point is that even if it's shot in multiple, I think yes, the point yes. is that it's supposed to be... Contiguous. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. The, the moment that it starts to the moment that it ends. Mm-hmm. More or less. Past the... Um, flashbacks mm-hmm. yeah. like that's supposed to be as the time passes oh. which means that they drank their coffee fast well it was a little coffee did you see this his little oh. cup it was a little tiny Cute french little co- coffee cup yeah yeah. yeah 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 it's true i guess that's how you're supposed to do it if you're european mm-hmm. um so i pulled up some reviews like i do and um so roger ebert i thought this was was interesting he had given before sunrise three out of four stars and he gave before sunset three and a half Hmm. out of four so maybe he's just uh uh, he's a romantic softening up uh also that regarding ethan hawk as the years go by does he have a history of not being very nice to Ethan Hawke? I think he usually he says at the beginning he mm, did, but, but more recently he's been giving higher rate in, yeah. in our journey. Yeah. We've been seeing higher ratings from from Roger Ebert. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to hold on. I need to. I think I just read it, and I, and he basically he just loves it. Like I love it, <laughs> which is why I didn't even process what he was saying because I was like, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, so just on a technical note, he says, Before Sunset is a remarkable achievement in several ways, most obviously in its technical skill. It is not easy to shoot a take that is six or seven minutes long. Not easy for actors to walk through a real city while dealing with dialogue that has been scripted but must sound natural and spontaneous. Yet we accept almost at once that this conversation is really happening. There's no sense of contrivance or technical difficulty. So, yeah. It was good. I like it. Um, the New York Times, we have A.O. Scott. Wow. Wow. We're f- fully in We're the 21st in the present. century now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. This is our first A.O. Scott review. Yeah. Um, I like the way that he, st- he starts this, um, review by like, you know, 
kind of like setting a scene, painting a picture. And I like that. I think it feels appropriate for this movie. He says, Until I saw Before Sunset, Richard Linklater's prickly enchanting new film, I had forgotten all about June 16, 1994. I still have no memory of what I was doing on that date, but I was glad to be reminded that Jesse and Celine, a hyper-articulate young American traveler and an equally verbal French student, spent the night wandering through the streets of Vienna, chattering their way through one of the more charming and exasperating scene, uh, screen romances of the decade. Yeah, and um, I, he also like uh, puts it in, uh, has an interesting perspective on it, where he says that we're like eavesdropping or spying on it, mm-hmm. because um, you know it's not really like for us. They're just you know having a conversation, and they're you know they're just experiencing this, and it's and we're like looking in on it. And, you know, it's kind of voyeuristic. I like that. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about the idea of listening to this conversation in real life because I was thinking about, like, how much must it suck to be that driver? True. <laughs> I thought about that, too. He picks them up, and then immediately they start arguing. Not immediately, but they start arguing. They're basically arguing. Yeah, yeah. yeah for, for the entire car ride. And she's yelling, like, let me out. And he's saying, no, no, no. And this guy's just like, I'm just trying to drive to this fucking apartment. <laughs> I'm sure Parisian traffic is not like, you know, the breezy. easiest to navigate. Right. And then he pulls into this apartment that's a one way, mm-hmm. right? Just yeah. driving wise. This is a nightmare. He pulls into this <laughs> tiny thing. You can only go one way and there's a gate in front of him. And if someone comes up behind him, what is he going to do? Pull into this plaza and then have all the French people be like, hey, there's no cars here. This is idyllic. <laughs> and, and then he's just like, oh, I'll go walk her to the door. And then the driver must be like, yeah, okay, you'll walk her to the door, you know? And he's stuck mm-hmm. there, sitting there. I wondered about that, too. Must suck. Yeah. The real hero of this story. <laughs> the driver. The driver. His name Philippe. Philippe. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to get this guy out of the airport. Yeah. It's like a classy version of get him to the Greek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get a man, <laughs> one man from one place to the other. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that man does not want to go where you want him to go. Yeah, mm. and then someone's whoever is in charge of Ethan Hawke is gonna like pick on the driver first and be like, "Hey, why did yeah. you not take him to the airport?" He's like, "I tried, man. He's you know mm-hmm. distracted." Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just assumed that he was uh, never gonna go home, <laughs> and that he like he just lives in Paris now. He's gonna overstay his visa. Uh, and then we get the movie Like Crazy, and it's real going to be a whole situation. Have you seen Like Crazy? No. Well, you shouldn't watch it because it'll make you have feelings. Uh. <laughs> I was worried about his kid. Yeah. I was also just like constantly worried about this man's poor child who's growing up in this awful... His parents hate each other. Like, yeah. kids are perspe- perceptive. Yeah. It's true. Ugh. Yeah, I think in Before Midnight, the opening scene is like... The, the, his son is in the opening scene. Mm, I don't remember. I don't remember that Yeah, he's one. like dropping him off at the airport to go to his mom, I think. Yeah. And then and then we're just with Julie Delpy and they're two, they're two I think they have like twin girls or something. Very blonde. And that Half poor, French children. That kid really got shafted. His <laughs> yeah. dad moves to Paris or whatever and yeah. lives happily ever after and he's like, oh man, now I don't get to see my dad anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it's interesting because you're talking about how that movie starts before midnight, and like I don't remember her, that movie at all. Mm. And I was thinking about this movie, I didn't remember how this movie went at all either. Wow. And then it started, and you see the opening of the bookstore, mm-hmm. and I immediately was like, "Oh, I know, I know what." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as soon as I saw that bookstore, I, was like, I remember that bookstore scene for whatever reason, particularly so vividly. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, it's like you know." I don't know. Memory. It is. It's like it's like experiencing a memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think because there's not as much like physical action to latch yeah, on to. Totally. You know, so when you have to kind of see it to feel it, mm-hmm. and otherwise it just feels like a memory. Yeah. Also, I feel like pretty consistently, um, Ethan Hawke is on the left side of the screen, and Julie Delpy's on the right side of the screen, and so you're just kind of like turning with them a lot you mm-hmm. know if that makes sense that's why i felt like i was in that hedge maze <laughs> <laughs> um yeah do you have something to share with us sure yeah Kaka. <laughs> do you want to do a hawk noise i was thinking about this too because when i listen to your pod every time i hear the hawk noise it makes me think of isn't that guy howard dean the presidential candidate. Yeah. The Piaw! <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Every single time, that's what I think of. It's kind Howard of Dean a, scream? Yeah. Yeah. It's an no, abstract yeah, yeah. hawk noise. I, I've, yeah. You know, I'm familiar with the Howard Dean scream, but I don't think I've ever actually heard it. That was pretty much it. Although it didn't, it wasn't nearly that dramatic. What comedian was it that made fun of him? Was it on Saturday Night Live? It was probably everyone. Because <laughs> he did some kind of weird noise. Like, yeah! And then <laughs> yeah, that just yeah. ruined his entire campaign. Like, yeah, he yeah. was done after that. Amazing. Let's see if I can pull it up. <laughs> right in the middle of my hawk fact. Yeah. Low political moment. And you know something? You know something? Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Harkin, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we go to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that does kind of sound like a hot noise. But there's some comedian, I forget if it's, maybe it's a Dave Chappelle, who the listeners are going to be screaming yeah, this in their cars. Yes. Okay, well, worth noting the next, up next on. Uh, after watching this video, is Chappelle shows best political sketches? Okay, it's got to be. So it's it possibly, is. Possibly, yeah, yeah, it could be him. Oops. No, 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 stop. All right. Well, that's your hawk fact. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Come on. So my my uh, hawk fact today is a sequel. Ah. To some other hawk facts. Mm. The other day. <laughs> listen, we got a lot of movies to get through. All right. Not all my hawk facts are going to be winners. <laughs> Um, the other day, uh-huh. we learned that, um, that, uh, um, after one hawk dies, if the, of partners, the, the, one of them can move on very quickly. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, then they mate for life. So, yeah, the, the red-tailed hawks and hawks in general are monogamous and mate for life. 
But if someone dies, then it's like, all right, well, time to move on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that'll be the uh, the fourth before movie. <laughs> Dealing with mortality. One of them dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's just walking around Paris with Juliette Binoche <laughs> instead. And it's uh, Corad is the truth coming to theaters this fall, this winter. It's a movie that's happening. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of movies coming out in the next few months. Some like where our, our timeline is expanding on this show already. Mm-hmm. Does he yeah. have multiple movies coming out soon? Yeah. Wow. He's a busy man. Yeah, he has um Tesla, which there's already a movie called The Current War that's out, but this is a different movie about Tesla called Tesla that where he plays Tesla. Got it. Yeah, and Kyle MacLachlan is Edison. <gasps> yeah. Back in oh, action. Yeah. I know. We need to get Kyle MacLachlan on the show. I think we can do it. <sighs> he runs his own Instagram account. I think we can do you it. Can do he it. responded yeah. to my question once on a live on an Instagram live. Nice. Yeah. If you ask him like to to wish you a happy birthday, he'll do it. Yeah, I asked him about um, his if he remembered and if he had any memories from his experiences on Rich in Love or Hamlet, and uh, he was like, "Oh, someone asking about some old movies I did." (laughs) 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 Yeah, and then he was, and then he just talked about um, how he was doing Tesla with the same director as Hamlet. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. And wait. So is Ethan Hawk? Ethan Hawk is Tesla. Yeah. It'll is be he gonna be in love with a pigeon? I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. The people need to know. The people do yeah. need to know. And I think wow. that this is gonna thing. be a January release, unfortunately. Oof. Bad sign. Oh. January releases are. Like yeah. Well, no. I was they're... a January release. Okay. I resent <laughs> that. <laughs> he didn't make the cut for the Oscars. <laughs> I certainly did not. <laughs> That's what a January release means. It's like oh. it's like we're not gonna waste our Oscar time or money on this one. We're gonna push it. Oh, yeah. So sad days. Yeah. So I think yeah. The la- the latest I saw it was like January first was the release date. Oh, so no. that's Ooh. yikes. Not a good movie. But I don't know. Day. I could have. That could be wrong. It's it's hard to find information about the release date of this movie, which is also worrying. Sign, yeah. yeah. But I feel like the current wars stolen their thunder you know mm-hmm. it's, yeah. hard to, it's hard to do that yeah unless you're uh it happens you know ants bugs life yeah happens. um oh but also last week uh he had a movie come out called adopt a highway it came out on uh it's in s- select theaters the closest theater to here is in encino though wow yeah <laughs> and um but it's on it's on you can rent it online and uh, then he has the truth coming out. I think it's gonna come out this year because it came out. It was released at um, Venice. It it premiered Venice Film Festival, so it was like the oh, the first movie that played. It's a kind of a big deal. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that's gonna come out this year. And then in the uh, beginning of next year, he has the Good Lord Bird, which is a TV show. He's a very busy man. He's super busy. Yeah. He's constantly working. I don't know how he does it. Good for him. And he has four children. Crazy. 
<laughs> he can afford babysitters. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. Um, how long have we been chatting? Uh, an hour 16. Okay. Well, do we have anything else that we want to say about Ethan Hawke or the Before series or anything? I don't really have anything else to say. I liked it. You I'll liked watch it? the first one. I look forward to hearing. You'll have to call in and give us your review of the first <laughs> one. <laughs> Watching it in reverse. Yeah. Okay, but here's the question. Do I watch the third one and then go back and watch the first one? No, no. watch the first, the first one. one. Do the first, first one, one first. and then like wait several months okay. and then watch the third one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the Star Wars thing, like the machete order. Do you guys know about that? No. 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 Oh, okay. Okay, so there's, you know, there are some people that have suggestions for how best to watch, which this is all before any of the new movies came out. So mm-hmm. this is entirely... So just about like one through six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of moot now, or it has to be updated. But basically the idea is that the best way to watch all of the movies if you haven't seen them before. Mm-hmm. Because, like, most people who had seen them before, like, watch the original trilogy and then maybe yeah. watch the new ones. Yeah. But if you hadn't seen them before, like, what is the best way? Or, like, if you're doing a rewatch, what is the best way to do it? And there's... I don't exactly remember what the order it is, but basically they chop it up. They bring some of the... they start. I think they start probably with the original trilogy and then... Bring, they mix it in basically. I don't. I don't remember the exact order, but mm-hmm. it's a way to like watch it in a different order, so that you get the best experience. Because you don't want to necessarily start with the prequels, because they no, might. You, you might not. not. <laughs> you might not make it to uh-huh. four, five, and six. Yeah. So interesting. I have to look up what that order is, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. So this is what you're doing with these movies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Two, one, three. Starting with two. Okay. Yeah. Two, yeah. One, three. Yeah. Probably wouldn't recommend it as the best way to go about it, but I'm not mad. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was weird. It wasn't like going in on movie two of The Lord of the Rings and being completely... Yeah, that would be hard. Yeah. Like you said, there's kind of no plot to to these movies. I mean, what's the plot of Lord of the Rings? He's just walking, right? (laughs) That's true. He does walk a lot. Uh And is he talking? He talks a lot, too. There you go. Although there's some parts where Frodo is pretty quiet. There's just like a lot of panting and groaning and like, oh, I wish this burden wasn't mine. <laughs> Mordor. And like, that's kind of the gist for a long time. <laughs> like, panicked screams. Mm-hmm. So. Now I feel like I've seen it. I've only seen yeah. the first one, so. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I have all of them on DVD. I nabbed them from work. Okay, but do you have the extended editions? I'm not sure. I haven't looked. Mm-hmm. I just picked them up. They're not even in a box. They're just wow. loose DVDs. That makes me anxious. Uh, is it, yeah. is it, do, does it have to be the extended yes. editions? Yes. I have done does. that before. It I've does. Gone, I've watched them. Yeah. Because I feel like as someone who's <laughs> like not already invested in it, mm. how much am I going to watch the extended editions? Yeah, is it like editions? Dreamgirls you know I mean? when I was so excited to have the extended version of Dreamgirls and there's truly edition? only like an extra 45 seconds? Oh, no, no, no. These are like... How long was the theatrical release? Like two hours? These are like a good yeah. three hours. Yeah, that's my yeah. point. It's like if I'm not already invested in these. There's, I feel like, though, there's enough extra material that explains other parts that didn't make sense. Mm. This is so off topic. No, 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 no. no, no. We're, 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 going, we're going into all the trilogies In now. high school, I had a friend 
who she and her brother would do Lord of the Rings extended edition marathons. We would go at right. eight in the morning and we would watch all the way through, essentially till eight at night. We would take like a brief lunch break. But <laughs> seriously, like her parents yeah, were yeah, the yeah. best and they would bring us like little breakfast rolls and stuff. <laughs> and we would just, everyone would take a nap at some point during the middle of the second movie. You would just look around because <laughs> it gets really bleak. And when it's your third year watching it, you're like, okay, well, I know Frodo's going to just be like, it's it's bleak. Like, I'm going to take a little nap. And everybody wakes up for Return of the King because that is clearly the best one. Wow. Ooh, hot take. Lots of people would fight happening. me on hot that. And say that the first fired. Yes. Lots of people say the first one is the best. I just I love the resolution. Anyway, there's there are things that I didn't pick up or that weren't explained mm-hmm. in the different movies that only make sense with the extended editions. Maybe it's just me being like a hardcore nerd that I needed those questions answered, but I recommend it. Maybe okay. not all in one all day. Right. No, yeah, I, I don't think I could do that. But <laughs> I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm a, I'm a marathoner. Like, Same. that's how I like to do things. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'd I be down that. to do it sometime. I'd need to start like in the morning, though. Yeah, you got to yeah, start yeah, at like yeah. eight, eight yeah. in the morning. Because we watched, um, we watched Fellowship the, of the Ring, yeah, we the and I fell asleep during that one even, so yep. it was just because it was nighttime. Yeah. Was it the, f- do you is know it, if it was the extended or it was, it was just the regular I don't, one? I don't know. I kind of, I don't know. It was with Lauren, so it could have been the extended mm-hmm. edition. Mm-hmm. It really works best when someone's mom is bringing you snacks the whole day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, most, as most movie experiences <laughs> yeah. are enhanced yeah. by... Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I've been Harper. Um, you can find me on the internet at Harping About. Um, something I've been enjoying in media lately, outside of Ethan Hawke, is um, I'm not done with it. I actually just started reading this book last night, but I'm already halfway through it. Um, it's called Wayward Son. It's the sequel to Rainbow Rowell's book Carry On. It's a young adult novel about. Um, some wizard teens (laughs) i don't know i just really like it except for one of them like in the first book he ends up like you know he's like the chosen one he ends up sacrificing his powers and so now he just like has wings and a tail but like he doesn't have any powers anymore dang so he like has to fly though with the wings and no, the they're just there. Dang. Oh, that sucks. And so I don't think he can. Maybe he can. I don't know, but like he can't make himself invisible or anything. So he can't just go out flying in the world where there are normal people. Like, and he, and so he has these, and he doesn't like to go outside. He's basically become like a, you know, a hermit, like borderline alcoholic because he's so, you know, you know, upset about not having magic and about having wings and a tail that he can't do anything about. Dang. And um, but they decide to go on a road trip. I don't know. It's a crazy book. <laughs> How does he get the wings into the? How do you even? You can't even sit for an extended period of time. The tail, yeah. I think, is the worst part, without a doubt. Well, he keeps the tail okay. where it connects to your body. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's I think true. it's probably higher up because he but does even sit if a lot. But even if it's on your like lower back, yeah, and not your booty, you're right. Like, sitting like chairs are not designed for people with tails His, no you're so, right but even if you had like if you had wings like i could probably sit in this chair like let's say they're yeah. up in my shoulder bones i could sit here reasonably comfortably but if i had uh-huh. a tail there's very few comfortable ways to sit yeah i guess if you had he a chair actually... like this with the back oh yeah yeah he doesn't actually seem hindered by the tail yeah 
it's he doesn't seem hindered by the tail though it seems like the wings are the bigger yeah. problem for him because yeah. he he describes like wrapping the tail around like a belt like in his belt loops uh, a lot maybe like, it's that's, like a thin tail i think it is Ew. a thin tail yeah it's like a, it's a thin tail oh with like God. a spade at the end like kind of like a devilly looking mm. tail mm. and yes. so but his um wings they have to fly to america for this road trip they're in the uk Mm-hmm. And so um, the friend, he has a Hermione-esque girl wizard friend, and she, um, you know, makes his wings go away for the plane for the duration of the plane ride. But she can't wow. do it all the time because it's like a lot of energy to keep up. Mm-hmm. But she was able to do it for the plane ride, and he like sits comfortably. The way he just des- it's so tragic. The way he describes sitting comfortably for the first time in like a year, like he can like stretch out his back and like sit. Oh, yeah, this poor guy. Anyway, he's just been through so much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Wayward Son, check it out. <laughs> Get it from your local library. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, where can the people find you? And what have you been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawk? Well, I've been uh, Jonathan, as usual. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at John Zavaleta. A uh, thing I've been enjoying, I'm going to say I've been enjoying uh, the results today out of Virginia and Kentucky. Yay. Uh, state legislature, both houses in Virginia, flip blue for the first time in 25 years. Oh, yeah. Kentucky, AP, I think, says it's still too close to call, but um, looking pretty solidly with 100% reporting that the next governor is going to be a democrat so big deal yeah in kentucky i mean that's like yeah red state yeah so i'm gonna say that that's what i'm enjoying it's a good one um arian how about you where can the people find you uh what have you been enjoying and also do you have anything else you'd like to plug (laughs) you can find me on instagram at sisterboot but you can't follow me because it's private and it's not <laughs> going to be unprivate ever. <laughs> great. <laughs> However, it's a great Can I handle. ask you about that name, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always kind of wondered. I have a really funny story about that. My Okay, so my little sister, as we've established, she's a decade younger than I am. Right. And when she was a little kid, um, I don't know, she was just very creative and imaginative. She's like, much cooler than me. She's the best. And uh, she decided one day that my, my name would be Sister Boot. And my best friend would be Sister Safety Cone. And my mom is Mama Folding Chair. And there's a whole slew of these names. The cats had all kinds of crazy names. You know, it was like a whole thing. And it just, I always just thought it was very, very funny. And it stuck. And then I made an Instagram back when you just made Instagram so you could edit your photos, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they all had those horrible borders on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. I, I never thought anyone would look at it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah. I did the same thing. Um, and then now it's just mine forever, and no one can have it. And also, I was um, working at a showroom for my office. I like w- We have a showroom on Melrose. I was working there one day. And this girl that I like briefly knew in passing from college walked by and I, she thought I was trying to get her to like come into the showroom and sell her something. She didn't recognize me. We like sort of knew each other very in passing. We were in the same acapella group, but like after I had already graduated, she joined and anyway. Um, so she walked by the first time and I didn't really recognize her, but I kind of did. And then like half an hour later, she walked by the other way and I stopped her and I was like, hey, this is weird, but... And she's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not interested. Thank you, though. And I was like, no, I'm not trying to sell you. Like, we were in the same acapella group. And she goes, oh, 
sister boot on Instagram. (laughs) She had no idea what my actual name was, but she knew my handle. Wow. Amazing. That's branding branding for you. It was branding 101. It was great. Um, What have I been into? I just watched this show on Netflix called Marianne. Obviously, it's it's French, so they don't say it that way. They don't say it like a dumb American would say it. <laughs> but it's very scary. It was very upsetting. There's a lot Is it of about like, Marianne Williamson. No, <laughs> that's a okay, different. So it's probably not that scary. <laughs> different level of scary. This is like there's body horror. There's like sure. really good jump scares. There's scary music. There's possession. It's like a so creepy tiny stuff. French town. <laughs> Harper, do not ever watch it. Okay, well, <laughs> it was great. I I couldn't stop watching it, and I don't have anything else to plug. Okay, great. You guys aren't performing anywhere at any point. Not. This is going to come out in like three weeks, if that's helpful to you. No, probably not. We're playing at a friend of a friend's wedding in Austin, mm. which you're not invited to. <laughs> like Both your Instagram us and the account listeners. That you can't follow. <laughs> yeah. You can follow us on Instagram, but I don't think there's anything on there. Uh, Connor and I play as a band called Fancy Feast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is like Fancy Feast, but with a V. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> It was our wedding hashtag, and it just stuck. Picking a band name is really hard, you guys. It oh, is oh, yeah, very yeah. hard. So that's what it is. Yeah, I was I was thinking that Sister Boot would be a kind of fun band name. You know what? Now that you mention it, that yeah. is kind of a good band like name. Like if you're going to start like an all-girl country rock band or something. <laughs> wow. That's true, yeah. Yeah. That's good, yeah. But then if it became my band, then it could no longer be my personal no, then it would just be you'd get an at Sister Boot Music or something. Oh, yeah, you know? you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Wow. I kind of like that. Something, hmm. to, something to consider. Something to think about. I'll pitch it to Connor and he'll be so jet lagged he won't know the difference. And he'll say, <laughs> yes, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking yeah. about this movie and also another movie that you haven't seen. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah. It was, it was a blast. A real fun time. I just love these movies. So good. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, goodbye, everyone. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson and our intro music, Hawk Song. It's written and recorded by Connor Vance.